1: Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Guiltiest Charge podcast. This is another episode of Bolt Breakdowns. I'm your host, Alex Insdorf. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about the 2022 NFL draft that just happened, that just finished. I hope everyone had a fun time watching the draft at home. I know Steven, Tyler, and Arjun had a fantastic time going to the draft, uh, which is something I'd like to do in the future. Uh, but today, we're not going to be talking necessarily... Well, we will be talking about the players the Chargers drafted, But I wanted to make a video talking about stock up, stock down for the Chargers who were already on the roster prior to the draft uh, and what those draft picks have kind of done to some of the players' futures uh, on the roster. So we will be doing our draft grades episode tomorrow where we grade each pick and grade the Chargers draft. Very excited to do that. Um, I'm sure I'll show Isaiah Spiller some love, as people have uh, noticed on Twitter, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, I did think the Chargers had a pretty good draft uh, and, and filled a lot of positions of need. Specifically, the trenches uh, I thought was a, a really great aspect of their draft. Because they've never really gone that hard at addressing the trenches before on, on both sides, uh, on both sides of the ball, especially when you consider the uh, atuto Ogbonya pick. Uh, in the fifth round so I think that's you know an interesting direction for them to go uh, a trench heavy draft when I did expect a lot more corners edge high premium defensive positions to take it so we'll talk about all of that when we do grade the draft tomorrow Uh, but let's get to this stock up stock down for the chargers who were currently on the roster uh, and I will get to that now Uh, let me know of course in the comments below what you guys think of the Chargers draft. I think that uh, I always love to hear what the fans think a little bit. uh, (laughs) And so maybe drop your grade below uh, down in the comments for what you would give the Chargers draft. But let's get to this stock up, stock down, Chargers after the 2022 draft. I think when you talk about stock up, you have to talk about Michael Davis. Um, This is something that I didn't necessarily expect. Obviously, we've talked about Michael Davis on the show in the sense of his contract, right? He has a very cuttable contract next year. The Chargers can save something like $7 million by cutting him. They brought in J.C. Jackson, obviously paid him a lot of money, have Asante as sort of like that other outside corner right now. Uh, and so Michael Davis is someone whose role has kind of been in jeopardy in that standard box outside corner. And if they, if the Chargers were to have drafted Trent McDuffie, like Daniel Popper had in one of his mock drafts, or if they got a really playable corner, uh, like a Kobe Bryant, for example, in the third or fourth round, then I think that Michael Davis's role this year would be in jeopardy, and he would have to have a competition for that. But now Michael Davis is very clearly uh, an important member of the 2022 Chargers. He doesn't have to compete for his time, in a sense. He will be uh, a necessity in 2022, and people can feel about that however, whatever way they want. I don't know what this means for his future in 2023, considering the contract situation. But Michael Davis has absolutely uh, made himself very important to the 2022 Chargers, especially because they didn't really take a playable premium corner uh, in the round one to four. They did end up taking just Taylor from from Wake Forest. So that's more of a special teams pick at this point, though. And I'll see how he develops over the years, you know, kind of a long term project a little bit there. Um, but Michael Davis is very clearly, you know, his stock is on the rise after the twenty two, uh, the 2022 draft. And we'll see where it goes from here. If he is actually able to lock down a spot on the 2023 Chargers, despite his contract, maybe. Uh, stock down. Pretty significant stock down, I would say, for Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree. Obviously, the Chargers drafted Joshua Kelly in the fourth round of 2020, drafted Larry Roundtree in the sixth round of 2021, and despite picking two running backs in back-to-back years on day three, they tripled down on that again, and they took Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. Now, I do think Isaiah Spiller is a different kind of pick than Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree were. The value was very clearly there for Spiller, was someone who was projected to go at the end of round two, uh, potentially, you know, uh, the beginning of round three, and you get a middle of round four. Just from a draft board standpoint, I thought Joshua Kelly was a reach. I thought Larry Roundtree was a little bit of a reach. So the value for Isaiah Spiller was absolutely better. But this is a pretty direct indictment on on both of these players and how they fared to this point. Uh, Joshua Kelly obviously had that really good start to 2020, but just has faltered since, has not been able to kind of get his confidence and vision back as a runner. Um, There will probably still be a spot for one of these guys as it pertains to the roster, um, I think one of these guys very clearly will be RB3 probably leaning towards Larry Roundtree there because of his special teams value. And the fact that the new coaching administration was specifically the one that drafted him in terms of Brandon Staley. So I kind of think they'll lean more towards the Brandon Staley pick than the Anthony Lynn pick, but that's all kind of hearsay until we hear, you know, training until we see training camp unfold and the preseason unfold. Obviously guys can win lose spots on such thin margins. Um, but Isaiah Spiller it's very clearly the Chargers running back, too. There was a chance prior to the draft that one of these guys could have been RB2. You know, we we heard uh, Brandon Staley sort of talk down the free agent class of running backs, not something they were really interested in. But the Chargers going really aggressive the beginning of day three with, you know, pretty much their last premium pick of the draft and taking Isaiah Spiller uh, is a pretty direct indictment and definitely a stock down for Joshua Kelly and Larry Browntree. And both their futures as chargers uh and both their futures as any you know potential rb2 scenario i think that we can call that dream as good as dead uh stock up trey pipkins i you know going into the draft and we even did the round two and three draft stream i did it with uh kyle uh and cantano and we were sort of talking about when the chargers should draft an offensive tackle and you know we kept seeing the guys go off the board oh there goes abraham lucas oh, there goes Bernard Ryman, right? So at, at the third round, it was like there were still some guys for the Chargers to take, but the value wasn't quite as juicy as tackle that you could get at that point, someone who's playable. Um, and so the Chargers really, in terms of their tackle situation right now, yes, Jamari Salyer has played some tackle at Georgia, but in terms of the guys who are going to be starting for the Chargers next year, it's very clearly between Trey Pipkins, Storm Norton, and I would probably throw a, a, like a free agent veteran into the mix. I do still think they pursue that option. I don't know if it'll be someone like Riley Reif, uh, who I think would just kind of shoe into right tackle, and then we're talking stock down on Trey Pipkins. But uh, at, at this point, I, I do think they uh, are kind of leaning towards Trey Pipkins based on the Kansas City game from last year. Obviously played pretty well in that despite getting some help, but did show relative improvement from the last time he was a starter. Uh, along the offensive line. So uh, I think based on the Chargers not drafting any natural offensive tackles uh, like an Abraham Lucas, like Bernard Raymond, like a Trevor Penning in the first round, like a lot of the discussion was, uh, you know, heading into the draft from various mock drafts. I think a lot of people had them high on Penning. They pass on Penning to go take Zion Johnson. And so I think that really opened the door towards uh, Trey Pipkin's starting You could make an argument for Storm Norton winning a competition too, but I think they do at this point based on that Kansas City game last year, based on the improvement they've seen, and really also based on the fact that I don't think they think they can throw Storm Norton out there again. I think that's stock up more so for Trey Pipkins at this point. Stock down. Let's talk about Gabe Neighbors. Uh, So the Chargers end up taking Xandra Horbath with their last pick in the draft. Super athletic fullback uh you know sort of a do-it-all fullback a little bit he's a fullback running back tight end who does that kind of sound like actually that kind of sounds like Gabe Neighbors when they uh had him as a undrafted free agent in 2020 and he was competing with Bobby Holly at the time uh for a spot on the roster and they sort of wanted him in that versatile fullback tight end role Neighbors occasionally would show flashes here and there, but never really panned out to much. And 2021 Gabe Neighbors was a healthy scratch for a lot of games. Uh, so the Chargers going with someone like Xander Horvath isn't super surprising. Um, I, I did think it being, you know, their last pick in the draft, as opposed to like an undrafted free agent, like that shows the kind of urgency uh, maybe they had for the position. And, you know, the fact that Horvath was still there was something that they like. Um, so last year, they carried four tight ends, including Steven Anderson, uh, and then one fullback, including Gabe Neighbors. I think you're more likely to see three tight ends this year uh, between Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, and Trey McKitty, and then one tight, uh, one fullback, or one running back slash fullback slash tight end in Xander Horvath. And I'm really curious to see how they use him as a blocker, because he is a nasty blocker, um, and how they use him in the the receiving game as well. And I think he gives you... A lot more versatility than Gabe Neighbors, even though back in the day that was kind of Gabe Neighbors' selling point, it just hadn't hadn't panned out to that point yet. Um and let's talk about stock up. Uh I think Chris Rump got a huge stock up in the draft. Uh, me, Tyler, and Steven were talking endlessly about edge rusher, you know, possibilities. I think we knew that they weren't going to take an edge in the first round simply because the value wasn't there anymore after you know all the guys like uh, Kevon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson and really everyone came off the board uh, for the Chargers at an edge or wide receiver position very early. So that was never a possibility by the time the Chargers got on the board at 17 and they end up taking Zion Johnson, which we all loved. Uh, but uh, I think that we did sort of say like, okay, well, day two, day three, there's still a chance you get like an edge player, someone that could contribute, uh, maybe an uh, Iloma Uuzurike, you can get really some guy in there that I think can contribute kind of immediately. Uh, but then obviously in round three, they decide to go with J.T. Woods, boost the secondary, give Derwin and Adderley some help in that secondary rotation, right? Uh, and then of course, day three, the beginning of that, they take Isaiah Spiller. So uh, it very clearly, all the edge, you know value that there would have been dried up off the board. And so now the Chargers are in a position where you have Khalil Mack and have Joey Bosa, and that's what jo- that's what Brandon Staley wants, right? He wants his two edge rushers at all times. But for Joey Bosa, a guy that does have some concussion problems or has had a reoccurring history of those, uh, and for Khalil Mack, who was injured for a large portion of last season, um, you're kind of betting now on Chris Rumpf, Emma Kay a lot of the guys that they have behind uh, those two at edge. Specifically, Chris Rumpf, I think, is very clearly edge three now uh, unless they sign somebody else so uh you know I'm a little bit hesitant to like accept this one because Chris Rump kind of was up and down for large portions of the preseason and the season last year when he played had a couple good flashes but um I I'm a little bit hesitant to accept him in the edge three role for something that's such a premium position uh in considering the injury histories of Joey Bosa and uh, Khalil Mack as well. But the coaching staff, by not taking an edge in this draft, I think has shown that they really believe in him uh, to be that edge three guy right now. And this is the last stock down. But I do think we have to talk about Jerry Tillery. Um, this isn't really because the Chargers drafted UCLA's uh, Otito Ogbonia, uh in the fifth round. That Although, you know, in a sense, that could kind of contribute to what we're talking about Uh, just another defensive tackle on the fray. He's more in that nose tackle-like kind of build, though, so he doesn't really kick Jerry Tillery off the roster. But shortly after the draft concluded, after the Chargers did draft another defensive tackle body, the Chargers declined the fifth-year option on Jerry Tillery um, and then kind of tried to do some mixed messaging where they declined the option, but then said, oh, well, he's still in our long-term plans. We have you know, big plans for Jerry Tillery this year. But you're not willing to pay $10 million for him in 2023. So kind of call bullshit there. Um, so for me, uh, I think the the loser of the weekend does kind of have to be Jerry Tillery based on the fact that, you know, he is going to start the season now that he's really like their only true, pure pass rushing DT, which is a little bit of a scary sentence that just came out of my mouth. Right. Obviously, you have Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson um, as your sort of tweeners in between like a nose tackle and defensive tackle uh and then you have otito Agbonia, who sort of slots in as your nose or the Linval joseph replacement that people have talked about um but jerry tillery not having his fifth year option picked up and the chargers obviously trading with the bears to get their sixth round pick back to have more ammunition next year um they're not going to be players in free agency with the limited cap space that they have next year now but i do think in terms of replacing jerry tillery I think that's a process that's kind of already begun, uh, obviously by declining the fifth-year option, and you know, uh, he could ball out this year, but as Kyle uh, and contanio pointed out, new member of the GAC podcast family, uh, if he does ball out, it actually kind of makes more sense to let him walk in free agency and pick up a good compensatory pick rather than re-sign him with the somewhat limited cap space the Chargers have. Uh, So I think that'll be a very interesting thing to watch, but for 2023 for for even the immediate future i think jerry tillery's future with the chargers looks pretty murky at best uh and then they try to replace him probably early in the draft next year uh or they find some kind of value free agent option to take his place but that is it for my stock up stock down options on the 2022 chargers draft let me know if there's any other ideas that you're thinking let me know how you graded the chargers draft uh, let me know in the comments down below. Are there any other chargers whose jobs are at risk as a result of the 2022 draft? So uh, that is all for today. And I-
2: everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy and vitality.